Peace to all of you who are in Christ Jesus. Our text for our sermon is recorded in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verses 16 through 23. But when he had grown powerful, the pride in his heart led to his destruction. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God. He entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Azariah, the priest, went in after him. He was followed by 80 priests of the Lord, brave men. They confronted King Uzziah and said to him, It is not right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary because you have been unfaithful. This action will not result in any praise for you from the Lord God. Uzziah became angry. He had a censer for burning incense in his hand. When he became angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priests beside the altar of incense in the house of the Lord. When Azariah, the, high, the head priest, and all the other priests looked at him, they immediately realized he had leprosy on his forehead. They rushed him out of there. He himself also was in a hurry to leave because the Lord had struck him. King Uzziah remained a leper until the day of his death. He lived in a quarantined house because he was a leper. He was excluded from the house of the Lord. Jotham, his son, was in charge of the palace of the king and administered justice for the people of the land. The rest of the acts of Uzziah, from first to last, were recorded by, the, by Isaiah, son of Amos the prophet. Uzziah rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the burial field that belonged to the kings, because they said, he is a leper. His son Jotham ruled as king in his place. This is the word of our Lord. When I was studying to be a pastor, it was pointed out to me by a group of pastors that almost every church heresy began in the name of missions. A well-meaning person thinking that God's word had a restriction that would just turn people away decided to completely ignore it. In other words, God didn't know better they did. And sometimes they even intend on once we've grown a church in this location that's nice and large, then we'll go back and straighten it out. And then it doesn't happen. In fact, argument, arguably, this is kind of what originally happened with what's called fundamentalism. So sometimes people who mean well, their heart's in the right place. Lord, I want to spread your word to others. We just got to ignore this part of the word. Sometimes they mean well, and, and, and yet they ignore. And that's exactly what happened with King Uzziah. And so today, working through this text, we will address the sermon theme. When a well-meaning believer thinks they know better than God. Uzziah's father was Amaziah, and he was kind of lukewarm for the Lord. He appeared to be a pretty decent believer until he went to war with their distant cousins, uh, the, the people of Edom. And when he conquered them, he brought their false gods back to Jerusalem with him. Started treating God's word like an all-you-can-eat buffet. I'll just pick and choose what I want. Now, there had been a civil war a long time before, remember, in, the, in, in what's called Israel at this time is the northern kingdom, and Uzziah and his father before him, Amaziah, were kings of Judah. That's where the temple was with the capital city of Jerusalem. Now, uh, Amaziah then decides to go to war in retaliation against Israel, and Israel even warns him, nah, leave us alone, go away. But he ignores them, and they come and they, they literally knock a section, a huge hole in the defensive wall of Jerusalem that would not be rebuilt in Amaziah's life. 
The people rebel against Amaziah and ultimately make his son Uzziah king. Now, Uzziah will reign from roughly 792 B.C. until 740. He was brought up around a prophet known as Zechariah. This is not the guy who wrote the Old Testament book in the list of minor prophets. He would come about 150 years later. Uh, but this is a man who was well known. And Uzziah appears to be a very solid king. Uh, like King David, minus the affair and the murder thing, he stays true to the word of the Lord. And the army grows to its strength. And in fact, the borders of the southern kingdom of Judah reach their zenith that they're going to be since uh, the, the civil war, the division in which uh, half the kingdom was taken from uh, Solomon's son, Rehoboam. Uzziah builds ramparts and, and, and major defense techniques. He rebuilds that wall of Jerusalem. And they actually call him a lover of the soil because he institutes farming practices that just boom. And of course, the Lord blesses those. And that's the thing we've got to understand is when you're a subsistence farmer and you start having bumper crops, this is great. This is like in America when you have a really good president, Congress and Senate, and suddenly your army is strong and, and none, nobody wants to mess with you and your economy is booming and inflation isn't, isn't destroying your wallet. And you're going, wow, these are prosperous times. Uzziah knew he was being blessed by God because God could withhold the reins. God was blessing everything Uzziah did. And therein is the problem, right? He forgets that God was working behind the scenes to bless those things. God created the scientific principles that govern this universe. They're actually God's principles. And when you forget that, well, then you have a problem. So when a well-meaning believer thinks that they know better than God... Do not forget that you are a steward of what he provides behind the scenes. Uzziah decided, I want to praise and thank the Lord by making this uh, sacrifice at the altar of incense. Now, there, only, cer only certain priests were allowed in there after being consecrated. And there was only one other place you could go in the temple. That was the holiest of holies. And you only went in there once a year if you were the high priest. So Uzziah decides, this has been banned from me, but I'm going to go in there and do it because God has been blessing me so much. And I just want to give him thanks. I want to show him thanks. And, and lots of times we see that when people attempt to worship the Lord in a matter inconsistent with his word. As I mentioned in the introduction. But let me give you a concrete example. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and 11, God makes it very clear that there are blessings he gives us in the Lord's Supper, but there are instructions that he wants followed. And he literally set an example with the Corinthians because they were not following some of those instructions. And so God, with, God allowed some of them to get sick. And as, as Paul says, and some of you have even died. There are times where churches, though, they say this closed communion thing, that's offensive to visitors. And so let's let's just ignore it and have a free for all open communion. God's word makes it clear people can take the Lord's Supper to their detriment and he even used an example with the Corinthians. And so we've always got to remember that, that sometimes we get an ego and think God needs our help. God works behind the scenes. As Isaiah says, you are a God who hides himself. But don't, th don't get an ego and think that gives you the right to grab the bull by the horns and tell God how to be God. Don't forget that you are a steward of what he provides behind the scenes. We're told... Azariah, the priest, went in after him. He was followed by 80 priests of the Lord, brave men. They confronted King Uzziah and said to him, It's not right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary. 
because you have been unfaithful. This action will not result in any praise for you from the Lord God. God had made Uzziah king. If he wanted Uzziah to function as a priest, he would have had him born without blemish or the defects, because sadly those uh, disqualified you, and he would have been born a son of Aaron. He was not to be a priest. He had no business in, in the holy portion there where, where the altar of incense was. By the way, this is where another guy, uh, many uh, hundred years later, would go in to alter, offer the offering once in a lifetime opportunity. And the angel Gabriel would say, you're going to give, you're going to be the father of, of the Lord's forerunner, John the Baptist. But here, the priests follow him in. This is the king. When you turn around and warn somebody in government who is a government leader has the ability to kill you, you really have to have some backbone. And you have to admit, it takes backbone. When somebody thinks they know better than God, and a good example of that would be marriage. Right now, our society just does not understand God defines marriage. And, and you, see, you go in to warn somebody, hey, what you're doing, God wants to bless marriage, but he's not going to bless this because what you're doing isn't marriage. What you're doing is perversion, and it's, and it's spitting in God's face in the blessings he wants to give to marriage. So one of the things we've got to recognize is when a well-meaning believer thinks they know better than God, don't forget that you are a steward of what God uh, provides behind the scenes, but don't ignore those whom God sends to warn you. Well, what happens here? I have noticed in my lifetime as, as both a brother in Christ and as a pastor, when I have gone to warn people, you're letting this sin grab hold of you. And, and, and lots of times you have one of two reactions, and that's it. Reaction A, they don't like hearing it. I don't like it when my sins are pointed out to me. In fact, I hate it. But the reaction is, oh, you're right. My sinful nature was winning out in that one. Lord, I confess my sins to you. Give me the strength to struggle against this sin. I thank you. Now I'm ready to, to live in forgiveness again. But the opposite reaction, and I've seen this, get out of my house. How dare you? How dare you tell me? And think about Uzziah. In Uzziah's position where he's at right here, Uzziah means well. Lord, you have blessed me, Judah so much through me. This is my special way of thanking you. No one can take this from me because I'm the king you're using. I'm going to go in and do what's only for the priest. And we're told in verse 19, Uzziah became angry. Now he's like a horse going for the barn door. Nothing's going to stop him. So don't ignore those that God sends to warn you. Warnings that either crush our pride or invoke our wrath. Now, in connection with those warnings, and God often does send people, and, and he sends speed bumps in our lives, if you will, saying, whoa, slow down, and we can ignore those. But Azariah and the other priests are an example for you and I of preventing government, the state, from overpowering the church. They didn't do something like stab the king to stop him from doing it. They warned him and told him no. But you know, it often happens where the, the, the church uh, gets too big for its britches and starts acting as the government. And look in history, you will see where God has toppled the visible claiming to be Christian church for functioning in the role that God has given to the government. See, God has given the church and the government two different tools. The government has what we call the sword. They have the right to, to discipline uh, physically, by, and they have the right to take life, to protect life and property. To the church, God has given 
the forgiveness of sins and the, the two keys, the binding and loosing keys, the retention of sins and the forgiveness of sins. And so when the government has overstepped its bounds with the church, God has also toppled governments. And there's a warning for us here for Christians. Sometimes we can miss, but when you study the, the politics of it all, some of the philosophers in that that influence, not all, but many of our founding fathers of our nation, they actually had the original intention, some of the philosophers that influenced, of the government taking the place of church. Now, they just saw it in terms of religion. We, we recognize there's only one true God and one to worship. And it's sad today, there are Christians who think that, they can, that, that, that if they pass the right laws, that's using the government, they can kind of shove people or nudge people into the church. Azariah's warning is there too. You know, you're a king, you're not a priest, don't do this. And so we want to look at those warnings and don't ignore those warnings God sends us. Warnings that either crush our pride or invoke our wrath. Uzziah became angry. He had a censer for burning incense in his hand. When he became angry with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priest besides the altar of incense in the house of the Lord. When Azariah, the head priest, and all the other priests looked at him, they immediately realized that he had leprosy on his forehead. They rushed him out of there. He himself was also in a hurry to leave because the Lord had struck him. God's punishment for unbelief because he has saved us from our sins. The only thing that sends a person into hell is rejecting it. But God does discipline us in this life so that we don't end up in hell. And sometimes God's discipline is immediate. In Uzziah's case, there was an immediate discipline. No, you've overstepped your bounds. I did not make you a priest. I made you the king. And God's discipline was very clear. This would also set an example for those around him because he is the king. We'll get into that here more in a minute. Do you know, I've had times when I mentioned closed communion and I truly try to give that closed communion announcement in a very loving way that says, this is not me just saying, don't burden my conscience because I don't know you. It's also my way of saying, you can take this to your detriment. But I have had times where people have lied and they've come forward and taken communion. And then they've sought me out afterwards and said, see, the Lord didn't strike me dead. Ha, 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 ha. Wow. God in his word had given a warning in 1 Corinthians 10 and 11 and you ignored it. And, you know, sometimes that discipline might not be that God uh, strikes, allows them to get sick and die as he did to those people in the city of Corinth at the time that the apostle Paul was writing to them. But, you know, what happens is when you thumb your nose at God's word and its warnings like that, you've already begun down a very slippery slope of saying, I know better than God. Sad to say, many times you see that over a gradual time when people say, I know better than God. We're going to ignore this part of his word. And if there's a difference even between saying, because there are some things where you've got to build a foundation before you teach people. For example, uh, what's called the communication of attributes of Christ is an example I love to go to because you've you got to have the foundation of, of why you need a savior and everything else. And so then that gets into how Jesus's humanity and deity work together. But there's a difference between saying we're building a foundation and saying we're just going to ignore this. <laughs> And lots of times when congregations do that, you know, we, we just want to get into this area where God's word isn't known and we're just going to completely ignore portions of God's word. You get generation after generation and that word declines. And it is a warning for us because a lot of Christian churches today are growing simply by stealing sheep from other churches. Not with proper doctrine because it's not sheep stealing if the church is 
not teaching God's word correctly and, and another congregation is. The people should leave if they can't fix the false doctrine being taught. But there is a warning here that, that you know, might seem like you're even booming. People who do that say, look at our numbers. But as you see that slide away from the word of God and gradually falling away, it's not going to last for generations because they're going to step away from the word of God. So remember, uh, when a well-meaning believer wants to work against the word of God, remember that God's discipline may be immediate or it may be slow in coming. King Uzziah remained a leper until the day of his death. He lived in in a quarantined house because he was a leper. He was excluded from the house of the Lord. Jotham, his son, was in charge of the palace of the king and administered justice for the people of the land. Uzziah rested with his father and was buried with his fathers in the burial field that belonged to the kings because they said he is a leper. His son Jotham ruled as king in his place. I want to point out something. Uzziah does die a believer. Uzziah goes to heaven. But what happened to his remains? Notice it doesn't say he's buried in a cemetery or in the burial plot. We're told he was buried with his fathers in the burial field that belonged to the kings because they said he is a leper. He doesn't get the family plot. God was using that alone as an example to others because he was the king. Everybody looked up to him. Is everybody else saying, no, I will not bless this. Uh, You think you know better than me, but you don't. And I will not bless that one way or the other. But it's also there, I said, Uzziah does remain a believer. This was a great sin, but, it, uh, but, but God kept his faith intact. But the word there, it's beautifully translated, quarantined house. I don't know if you can translate that much better in English. But literally in Hebrew, that word is, it's two words, a house of freedom. Uzziah thought that he was free to go in and offer the sacrifices, that somehow he should be the exemption because, he was, because of who he was. But now he would be freed. Freed from ever being able to go to the temple because he was unclean. Freed from ever being able to truly rule on the throne as king. Freed from human touch. Freed from the exercise of power. From here on out, you know, if you're going to go to war, you'd, they'd have to seek his, his permission. But they'd stay at a distance because he was unclean. And at the irony in our sinful nature, we're actually slaves to the devil and we think following God is slavery. But then when we are when we're in unbelievers, we miss the fact that what we thought was freedom is actually slavery to the devil. Now, Uzziah is a believer, so he's freed that way. But I mean, he's not a slave to the devil, but God made an example out of him and, and he disciplined him. Sometimes God's discipline is permanent on believers because as Jesus talks about, if your eye's going to cause you to fall into sin where, where you would lose salvation, cut, cut it out, uh, gouge it out. If your hand's going to cause you to fall into sin where you would lose your salvation, cut it off because it's better to enter the kingdom of heaven maimed than to end up burning forever in hell. So God in his love actually gives this lifelong discipline to Uzziah so that he doesn't lose him. But he's also an example for others. So know that God may allow the discipline to remain to keep us in his word and warn others. Now, in connection with that, then, he would, uh, we got to remember that there are many times in his word where people are ignoring the word and their own, ignorant, their own choosing to ignore that ends up being God's discipline. And an example I've used is the Lord's Supper. Not, uh, it, since the Reformation, that's what they call the litmus test. If you want to know if a church stands on the word of God or not, if it's even in the ballpark, all you have to do is look at their practices with the Lord's Supper. But here's another one. Nothing has done more to give equality to men and women 
than God's word. Nothing has changed in history. The idea, because most civilizations prior, uh, prior to, the, to the spread of Christianity really treated women as doormats. But God's word makes it clear that he does not women in, uh, to be in positions as an overseer over men in his church. So that would be, for example, the pa- office of pastor. It's different with women. And it's not because women are incompetent or anything else like that. It's God has given different roles. Just like God, there are roles that God has given to women that he tells men, no, that's not a role I've given to you. When you see a female pastor, for example, or a woman acting in an overseer position over men in God's church, even though her heart might be thinking it's in the right place like Uzziah, you already know there's somebody who does not believe the word of God is inspired. They think they know better than God. So there's a warning for us to stay away from that. So we, when, a, when a well-meaning believer thinks they know better than God, don't forget that you are a steward of what he provides behind the scenes. Don't ignore the glows God sends to warn you. Uh, remember that God's discipline may be immediate or slow in coming. Know that God may allow the discipline to remain to keep us in his word and warn others. Now at this point in time, Everything I've told you so far has really been law and law as a guide. But we need the motivation to do that. Uzziah overstepped his bound. He was king, not priest, and he was never meant to be king and priest. But you and I left to ourselves are going to constantly sin against the word of God. We're going to constantly think we know better than God. We think we want to just keep God in our pocket and pull it out and say, now you do this for me, God, and then when you're done, I'll ignore you again. This is why God became a man. In our sinful nature, we could never save ourselves. True God, who is the word, the spokesman for the Trinity, took on the office of prophet. A prophet tells the will of God, and he told us, Jesus told us his will, was that everyone who believes in him as their savior is saved. But he's the priest as well, because he's the high priest of all priests, because he offered up the sacrifice that would atone for the sins of the world, and he himself is the sacrifice that would atone for the sins of the world. And now as priest, he intercedes for us. He tells God, the Father, I've washed that sin away. And he hears our prayers. Jesus didn't just take on our life so that he could live perfectly in our place. He didn't just go to offer himself on the cross so that he could die and wash away our sins. He rose from the grave and he ascended into heaven as true God. He rules over the over all creation for you and I, for example, giving us those disciplines, whether they're temporary or lifelong. So he doesn't lose us because he's also our king. I truly, the scripture doesn't tell us what was going on in Uzziah's mind, and we don't want to accuse him of things that scripture doesn't accuse him of. But it seems with all the prosperity, it just went to his head and he thought, I'm the exception. And so there's the sin of pride, right? Jesus was the opposite of that. You and I in our sinful nature always want to tell God how to be God and everything. So let me uh, wrap up this. The last thing here was keep Christ before your eyes of faith. Always knowing, is this love for God? Is this love for God's word? And, and, and how has Jesus Christ himself motivated and empowered me to do this? But let's look at the example of not getting the swollen head that Jesus said is recorded in Philippians 2 verses 5 through 11. Indeed, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Though he was by nature God, he did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed. But he emptied himself by taking the nature of a servant. When he was born in human likeness and his appearance was like that of any other man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Now may the Lord God be with us just as he was with our fathers. May he never leave us or abandon us. May he turn our hearts to walk in his ways. Amen.